The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Thank you so much for joining us on another program here, Afternoons with Mike. On the line with me for the second time, Patty Garibay, an author and from American Heritage Girls. She has so much to say. Great to have you back again, Patty. Thanks for having me, Mike. It's a pleasure. I understand you're talking to us from uh, the the great state of Ohio, and it's uh, a little bit different weather-wise what you guys have been having up there than what we've encountered down here. That's for sure. It's those gray days of January. Um, but Happy New Year to everybody and your listeners. It's an exciting time it to is. start anew. Mm-hmm. It, something about starting a new year gives new hope, fresh goals, all of that can come. And uh, yet we're living in some crazy days, are we not? Oh, we truly are. Yes. Well, I'm uh, I'm really happy to have you back on. Uh, you know, you're here to talk about your group, which is American Heritage Girls. And the last time we had, a, I think, a single segment with you, and you kind of gave a, a little bit of the background. But for those that would not have heard that interview, give us just a little bit about your own story, how you came to know the Lord, what uh, is going on in your own life uh, with that, and why it is that you decided to join this effort. Mm. Well, you know, I, I, as a young girl, I had always known that Jesus was my savior. I understood that he, he died on the cross. I did not, I was never raised in a, um, in a denomination or in a Christian home that really understood the relationship one could have with Christ and the importance of reading his holy, holy word. Um, so there was that distance, but yet that, that all in respect. And so I, I'm very grateful um, mm-hmm. that I had that. Um, but it wasn't until I was 30 years old when I, and through my children, which is often the case, that's why it's so important that we minister to children because they often bring their families along. Um, is that when I learned that that the Lord was my Lord, the Lord of my life. And I came to to know the Lord and um, begin to work on his behalf in that, not that he needs us to work on his behalf, but in his name, um, began to minister to children, doing all the work that I I love to do with kids in his name. And I I started to do something very important to me, and that was to work within the Girl Scouts. I loved the Girl Scouts as a little girl. My mom was my leader. I couldn't wait. I was one of those few women that I couldn't wait to be a leader of my daughter's Girl Scout troops. And so I did that for many years, for 12 years prior to 1993, when the Girl Scouts USA had decided to change their Girl Scout promise, which they had said since 1912, that agreed to love God. They had put an asterisk by the Lord's name. And I knew that this was a foundational tenant of that group, a a group that claim to be character development. I thought, how in the world could you have a character development program that wasn't based on God? What would it be based on? So I started to dig in, do some research, Mike, and I found a whole lot of disconcerting um, areas within the Girl Scout program that were very different than when I was a little girl. And it seems like the uh, progressive agenda in this from the 70s had really seeped into that organization. And now that was the impetus for them to change the Girl Scout promise. And, and I 
new for me in my house because of my newfound faith that was very strong and growing very rapidly that I could no longer serve the Girl Scouts and I needed to serve the Lord. So I thought the Lord was calling me to something that would just help my daughter, my third daughter, over her formational years, her preteen years. Um, and I it would just do a little club because, boy, I'd been doing Girl Scouts for 12 years. I knew a lot. I'd been educated as an educator. And so I was. I thought, oh, this is what God's calling me to do. Well, here we are 27 years later, Mike. That little girl is now 38 years old and he has her own daughter in HD. So God had bigger plans, didn't he? Oh, absolutely. Now, you mentioned that you saw that asterisk and saw the uh, maybe the signs or the evidences of changes in the early 90s, right? That's correct. And yet it was uh, it was developing over time. It didn't just happen in 1993 or whatever that all of this began. So we do know that this progressive movement has been developing. Now, some people would say in the school system, it's been developing since the 18, late 1800s. And without uh-huh. a doubt, that's true. But the Girl Scouts formed, you said, in 1912. Right. And like other organizations, much like the Boy Scouts, and even I think of the YMCA, there has been this steady uh, decline in commitment to those values. And really, you said something that is just so accurate. If something is not based, something that says to have value and to be moral if it's not based on the Bible, one has to ask, what is the gold standard? What is the bar? And I think that's a really great way to say it. They definitely deviated in the early 90s from that gold standard of the Word of God, right? They did. And I believe what they really did is they put the, the wax seal on it, you know, because I had seen as, of course, I started to research, Mike, because this was so curious to me because I thought there's nothing more wholesome than Girl Scouts, God and apple pie. I mean, it was that that much to me that I felt that that was based on God and Judeo-Christian values. But when I started to research in the 70s, um, Betty Friedan served on their board of directors. And, you know, she's the author of the National Organization of Women and and the ERA Amendment and all this stuff that that was very much the women's lib movement that was a very progressive in nature, right? And, and, And really brought in the Roe v. Wade and all the other garbage that came with it. Um, that really puts us back into boxes and, you know, it's a whole, it's a whole hot mess, but it wasn't just that it was also starting to see this very much focus on alternative lifestyles mm-hmm. and the Janet Reno's were on their board and that, you know, you started to see this was really becoming a focal point. And one of the books that were referred to us as leaders to read was On My Honor, A Lesbian's Guide to the Girl Scouts. And I'm like, why are they telling us to read this book? And then the next thing I find out, we are forced to take diversity training, which was not about racial diversity. It was all about gender diversity and, and all of these kind of behaviors. So, you know, when you kick God to the curb, Honestly, you're going to also kick all of the the Holy Scriptures and what he says is truth. And so this started to get very confusing. And we know confusion doesn't come from God. He is a God of order, but it comes from the adversary. And I saw Satan seeping into this organization and it had already been there, but I did not have the eyes to see and the ears to hear. You know, it's really scary to think about how subtle these changes were implemented in in our society, but they were. 
And it it was not like right out in the 70s did they come out and say, we're going to change your children. We're going to change the way they think. We're going to change the the standard for what is uh, a gender. And it, it, that was not mentioned at all. They were They took their good old time, didn't they? They did. You know, I've noticed because I've been doing this for quite a while. If you do the 27 years I've been with American Heritage Girls and the 12 with Girl Scouts, that's almost 40 years. Not that I'm any older than 40, but 40 years I've been doing this kind of work. And I have seen every time that when the cultural climate, when the um, even I see it as much as administrations change for a liberal administration versus a conservative, that that's when the Girl Scouts come out loud and proud. You know, I, I love this quote. This There's a British theologian named Theo Hobson, and I'm sure you've heard this, Mike, but I think your listeners might appreciate it. He talks a little bit about the conditions for a cultural moral revolution, and I believe that's where we're at. Mm-hmm. And here's what he says, three items. What was condemned must be celebrated. What was celebrated must now be condemned. And those who will not join in the celebration will be condemned. Oh, three things. That's kind of flat out scary to hear. But it's like what was up is now going to be down. I mean, that's just as silly as it is. That is really no different at all than what they're saying. What was black is now going to be white and, and vice versa. Right. Right. And, you know, that's a case in point, not just in the Girl Scouts, but I love that you mentioned the Boy Scouts of which, you know, from 2009 to 2013, American Heritage Girls were literally partners with the Boy Scouts. We had a memorandum of understanding where we worked together. That's when the Boy Scouts were still standing true to their membership principles. And they even went as far as the Supreme Court to maintain those principles of being morally straight. Mm-hmm. And then in 2013, in May, I'll never forget it, I was at the meeting and I had two envelopes to give to the chief scout. One was way to go, right decision, we'll continue being your partner. The other one was, adios, amigo, this is the wrong decision for boys and families everywhere. And that's, of course, what we ended up doing. But to see how that happened with the Boy Scouts, they held on for so long, actually we emulated many of the ways that they kept true to what they stood for and here, this is what, what happened to the Boy Scouts as well. And now another iconic, albeit commercial, enterprise, the American Girl doll line. Right. You know, let's talk about that, Mike, because that, this just smells and sounds like the Girl Scout thing, the Boy Scout thing, these different moral revolutions that I, I've seen in my lifetime. I mean, there was nothing better than American Girl dolls. You probably bought them for your daughters if you have a daughter. I know I did. Um, I, felt I had like three daughters. Yeah. <laughs> Did you do that? Did you I, buy those? You know, my wife would be a better uh, person to ask that question to than I, but I know we purchased lots of uh, dolls for our girls when they were growing up. And, you know, it was always so understood by people in our age group and for the, you know, my wife as she grew up that young girls love dolls. And and young girls love dolls because it would prepare them and kind of get them in the mindset of becoming one day a mom and where she would have her own real baby. I mean, that it's just as beautiful and pure as that. It's so natural. I've got a granddaughter uh, right now in Texas that is one of the most wonderfully you know, she's just so such a young girl. She loves everything that's feminine. She loves mm. ballet. She loves dolls. She loves frilly clothes. She loves all of that. 
But, you know, you parallel, I mean, you, you put that up against our culture right now, and you get a feeling that our culture wants to stomp all of that out of the minds and imaginations of young girls. You know, and who would think, Mike, as grandparents, we'd look at those granddaughters and say, I'm celebrating that they are embracing who God wove them to be, a girl. I agree. You know, that just blows my mind. But we're seeing this confusion. Again, we established earlier that that doesn't come from the Lord, that this confusion is part of a cultural moral revolution, and that there is a social contagion that comes from that. And girls specifically are very affected by social contagions. If you ever study some of the different, um, I will almost call them epidemic behaviors that have happened in communities, and and they typically involve girls, that that even from as much as a physical where they're it's undescribable they they don't know what the symptom or what the reason why it even happened this tick that all these girls are having a tick well they're modeling their behavior off of each other because social contagions are so contagious to girls Mm -hmm. and that's what we're seeing with this gender movement and here american girl the renowned doll collection that was founded in back in 1994 Let's see, 1993, I think Juliet or Pleasant Roland actually opened up the Pleasant Company. And it was this beautiful line of of dolls and books. And see, Pleasant, like myself, was an educator. Mm -hmm. She loved the fact that old stories, historic stories of girls doing great things could really inspire today's girls. And so she wrote these books and then there were were dolls afterwards. Unfortunately, in 1998, Mattel bought bought her out and she sold her company um, and they changed, began changing things, right? So a couple of years ago, Kira, a new doll came out and she, in the books, they talked about her having two gay great aunts, you know, and so we're starting to seep this stuff into the books. And and then now we hear about this latest release by American Girl called A Smart Girl's Guide to Body Image. And this, according to Amazon, I just wanted to see if that, because they had pulled that book for a little bit because there was so much rancor um, being raised amongst conservatives about how dare they have a book. Um, not about body image, that's not the problem, but the way that they talk about it, we'll, we'll d- dig deeper, I'm sure, Mike, in a little bit. Um, but this is this is set for girls ages 8 to 11. So we've got to remember that when we're having this discussion about right. this book. Ages 8 to 11. You know, these are young girls, right? Prepubescent. And and they're young and, and they're still growing in knowledge at age eight. You think about the levels of stuff that's being introduced today. And of course, we know it's actually being introduced even earlier than that in public schools. But we're, we're just opening up this world of dark stuff for these kids to think about and to confuse them over. And yet we we turn around and say, well, the reason that we're needing all of this is because they are confused. Well, my goodness, it's the educators. It's the people in charge that's confused them. Yes. And it's been intentional because we know this even from from old days of old, that if you can convince the younger generation to change their mind, then you've got an entire generation. And, and that's what's happening. That's why youth are so important. They're, the, they're in the target for right. all these yeah. progressive that's movements. Right. And that's why organizations like American Heritage Girls, like for the boys, Trail Life USA, are integral to come alongside parents and the church to help kids 
know the way they should go. They're not hearing enough of this. They're hearing plenty of the other. I mean, we know it through media, through commercials, through social media. We can try to, you know, really cover our kids from that, but there's still that day, you know, when they're going to hear this stuff. And and you want to get ahead of that. We need to talk about an ebook too that American Heritage Girls offers that is in direct, direct opposition to what the American Girl organization is offering in regards to a smart girl's guide to body image. Now, we know a lot of our listeners would be uh, older and probably not having children of their own that would be of this age eight, although we have some that would be, absolutely. But a lot of our grandchildren, like what's happening with us, uh, are in that age. And, you know, I'm just convinced, Patty, that a lot of parents uh, would be just kind of blinded, they're not aware of this level of intrusion in the lives of our children's educational, uh, both curriculum-wise and what's taught in class. I don't. I I just get the feeling. I don't know if you feel that way as well. That a lot of parents today just don't really believe it's as bad as it really is. Oh, you know, you talk, but talk to your kids, the parents of your grandchildren. And they will say, Mom, it is mind-blowing. There is nothing that we find safe except for their Christian schools, their homeschooling. I mean, that's where it's it's gotten not only expensive, but it's gotten to the point where you have to be proactively parenting. And we should always be proactive parents, by the way. But this, it used to be that you could trust some things. Right. You know, some, some of the social institutions in this country, but no longer. And that is not a place where we want to be is that you can't trust anything. That's not, that's not healthy and that's not good, but you, there are places you can go. And so I encourage your listeners, your grandparents, your parents to do not trust the social institutions of yesterday, but make sure you do your research because you're going to find this. It is rampant. It is difficult to raise kids today. It is difficult, Patty. And I'm talking to Patty Garibay, an author and the leader, founder of American Heritage Girls. We're going to be talking about this book that recently came out from the American Girl, the doll company, or the group that put out these wonderful dolls for girls. But they've got this troubling new book. It's out from American Girl, a smart girl's guide, body image book. And we're going to be talking about that in the next segment. Patty Garibay, my guest, will be back in a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike, and you're on The Shepherd. EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat serves all your comfort needs. With over 40 years' experience, EC Waters is a top-trained comfort specialist, earning customers for life with integrity. No wonder EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat has earned a 4.6 or higher out of 5 rating and reviews across all major online platforms. For all your comfort needs, Call 407-603-9144 or visit ecwaters.com. On the line with me today is Patty Garibay, and Patty is up in the Ohio areas where her home is, but she's soon going to be visiting our great state, what we like to call the great free state of Florida. She's going to be down in the Keys, and that's a fun place to vacation, isn't it? 
Well, it is. I love the natural beauty of the lower keys. Um, Key West, of course, is not my gig, but the lower keys and the the beautiful um, waters there. And my husband's an avid diver. And so I encourage him in all things beautiful under the sea because he he can (laughs) do that and he enjoys that. So we're excited about getting back to Florida. I do have a a small home in Dunedin as well. So Florida is uh, my second home, no question about it. Well, it's wonderful to talk to uh, Snowbird, and we love it. And, uh, you know, I read an article today, someone that writes for one of the big magazines and newspapers up in the Northeast, and they, they basically left New York, and they're writing all about it right now. And they've come to Florida, and they've been here a year now, and they absolutely love it. It's shocking what's going on up there. And people that come down here, they just really have a hard time believing that we are as free down here. And it's so sad to think that free to them is just describes everyday life of what every American used to enjoy just a few years ago prior to COVID-19. But now uh, that is just sadly not the case. And, you know, we were talking about this American Girl situation, the book that's come out. I have a question for you, and I think this is this would be at least a good starter question on this thing. With regards to the teaching that you've uncovered and that you're finding not only in books like What American Girl Has Put Out, but in the public school curriculum as well, do you feel, Patty, that there is any let's say, public school system in America that would be uh, in a such a safe uh, strata that parents don't need to be concerned? I would say not in that there is government and funding typically involved at some level with public schools. Fundings, funding issues are always a problem with public schools. And so when you're getting government funding, you also must buy into their edicts and yeah, their agendas. Right. And so I do not believe even in the most rural town of Texas, um, and I hear this often, oh, in my public school system, we're okay. Uh, dig deeper, dig deeper. You're going to find it. I really believe that. I don't think anyone's exempt. And, you know, having been a, an education major and an even studying John Dewey, who was the, oh, yeah. the head, and he he was problematic, right? He with the public school ideology, and so the whole ideology around public schools is is problematic for those that are Christ followers that that do not want to um, necessarily go to the state for everything, but rather to be able to affirm their own faith. And so I think we all need to, it is is imperative that we be a proactive parent and check out what's going on in our public school systems. I agree completely. And uh, it is concerning to think about how many parents are choosing without checking. They're choosing to go ahead and say, oh, I'm sure it's okay. But what's being thrown out for gambling sake in in a real sense, they're throwing the dice on their kids understanding of sexuality of their own gender of their own understanding and i tell you what we're living in a day right now where there are so much confusion out there and even just the unguarded conversations that young people can have in a public school system uh with other kids that in itself is it's very difficult to mitigate but it's if if left unguarded if those conversations are going to happen God only knows what our kids are going to be hearing in the days to come. Absolutely. Wow. So we're talking about this book. And I know that I've not read the book that you're describing, A Smart Girl's Guide 
put out by American Girls. But let's let's talk about that for a moment. Let's start with the cover. I know there are some concerns even starting on that, right? Well, there is. And, and I, I do love that they're showing a diversity of body types and, and, and skin colors and even abilities. Um, there's a girl in a wheelchair, which is, and then you've got one, you know, with, with blue dyed hair, you know, just to show that you the edgy girl. And, and the subtitle reads, How to Love Yourself, Live Life to the Fullest, and Celebrate All Kinds of Bodies. Well, All right. Well, that sounds a little weird. <laughs> yeah, it sounds a little weird for, again, let's remember the readership, 8 to 11 years yeah, old. Yeah, again, they, they just don't have the level of discernment that an adult would need to have. But Patty, a, a little parenthetical thought, I'm wondering how many adults right now are using the God-given common sense that we should be ex- exhibiting in our lives right now. It seems like we lost that. Well, not only that, but there's such fear around doing common sense things because they don't, people don't want to be canceled. They don't want to be considered not woke or relevant to today. I, you know, I was taught, I was sitting around um, a pool the last summer with some friends, contemporaries, their grandparents. And we, the question was posed, what is your biggest concern for the future? And one of the women said, that she would not be relevant. Wow. And I'm like, whoa. And she's very woke. She thinks that's all this is very cool. And she needs to keep up with whatever the confusion of the day is. And I'm, I'm like, I know she's not the only one out there. And, and imagine that's a grandparent. Imagine if you're a peer, you're raising your kids now and you're raising them to, for your girls to be girls and your boys to be boys, and your friend is raising their child to be gender neutral, which is a very common thing, by the way, um, where you see them in gender neutral clothing. And you're feeling weird or awkward because you're sending your kid to Christian school and you're allowing your daughter to be a real girl. This is all very difficult. It takes a stance. It takes courage to, and this is not what the common person is doing anymore. It's rather, even in a society like Cincinnati, Ohio, which used to be a very conservative town. It, it's not the, the you know, regular um, kind of thing to do. Rather, it is the the weird thing that we are supposed to do, the different thing, the, the, the uncommon thing, the ungodly thing. Right. And, and, you know, and really, you know, back to this, this book, you know, the body sizes and shapes, that's not a problem. Like I said, that's not a problem. But here is the problem. When you have an entire page for an 8 to 11-year-old reader to read about gender assigned at birth. This is what they say. Your gender assigned at birth may be different than the gender that you are. Right. And then it goes on to describe all the different genders that there are. Cisgender, non-binary, blah, 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 blah. And it tells the girls that are reading this that if you are confused, go to a psychologist or doctor and they can help you with gender affirming care. Oh my goodness. All right. Now, earlier yeah. in the yeah. book, Mike, they talk about if you feel eight to 11 years old, if you're feeling like it's time for you to shave your legs or your underarms, you better check with your parents. Mm. But if you're confused about your gender, go straight to the doctor for some drugs. Mm-hmm. Or so you're this, a school counselor. Yep. Yep. 
And we've seen that right here in Florida. Sadly, even as great as our state is, we brag on it all the time. It's not perfect. We've got areas that uh, some terrible things have happened. I think of Leon County, and you're probably aware of the uh, case that's going on there with a, a, a young girl who confided that she was having some confusing thoughts, and they just took it and ran with it there at the school against and um, really apart from any knowledge that the mom had of what was being told her daughter. And they just took it and really would set out all sorts of counseling ideas for that child. It's unbelievable. These issues of, I remember as a young girl, of transgender, of drag queens, people doing this kind of work, again, was condemned. It was not celebrated. Going back to Theo Hobson, the Mm -hmm. British theologian. We mentioned this on the first session of, of, of our chat. Where Theo, Theo Hobson says the conditions for a cultural moral moral revolution are what was condemned must be celebrated, what was celebrated must now be condemned, and those who will not join in the celebration will be condemned. Yeah, that is what is happening, and so what we're finding is where time and time again the kids are being told through gender unicorns which is another another um, way that they make this spun for kids is the the you know how popular unicorns are you have a granddaughter she wants unicorns on everything well how are we going to teach gender then well through a unicorn and that will appeal to the kids these people are not stupid they are very very intelligent and they they understand psychology and so the gender unicorn talks about this cisgender non-binary and all the rest of these things but here's what we have to do as parents i mean it's so easy to throw our hands up and say you know the world is going to hell in a handbag and many mm-hmm. of us feel that way but we know that god is sovereign he's omniscient he's omnipresent and he's all those things but here's what we do know is that we can choose to pitch our tent in the land of hope, right? Mm -hmm. And that's That's scriptural. And so we can do that through being intelligent parents, being prayerful parents, being parents that want to be proactive. And I just have to encourage your listeners to go to the American Heritage Girls website and download the free ebook, which is a Raising Godly Girls Guide to Gender and Identity. And here you'll have a scriptural guide on how to have this discussion about the gender confusion that has created a moral revolution in this country with your daughter. And this can start as young as the year of targeting, which happens to be eight and under now. Parents, we have to be awake of this. And so we can look at this booklet and we can find the tools that we need. We can understand what's going on culturally, understanding versus God's understanding. And, you know, Mike, isn't it such a blessing that the Lord has given us his life's instruction book through his holy word? Yes, absolutely. There's nothing unaddressed in that book. There really isn't. You know, and and there's nothing that seems that these people that are pushing all of this, they'll stop at nothing. And they, they'll stop at nothing to stop that book that you're describing right now. And they'll, they're really making an effort to keep anyone. And that's where that third thing that you're talking about while ago in those three steps that you've mentioned that uh, the progressive movement are, are working. They're working to stop anyone who does not join in that celebration that you're describing. So even there was a day and age where pastors were revered uh, and respected, if not revered, respected, at least in a culture that day seems to be over now, too. And so anybody that stands for good, 
it's it's like uh, we're they're an enemy of the state, right? Absolutely. And it's something that we need to guard against because that's where fear comes in. And fear is the four letter word that is addressed all the time in the Bible that we should not have it. And so how do we overcome fear? We overcome it with prayer. We overcome it with strength from the word and we overcome it with some knowledge about what's going on. And so we can't hide our heads under the sand about these issues. And I think so often as Christians, even from the pulpit, we dare not discuss this because we might offend someone. Mm -hmm. You know what? Offense happens because truth can be offensive when you're on the other side of this. And that's not what it's, this is about. It's being offended. We're being offended about everything these days. But what we need to do is stand on truth. And so when we go to this book, this book, Raising Godly Girls Guide to Gender and Identity, you're going to see some of these crazy words. You know, Miriam Webster is now embracing these words that were have been created over um, the years and what used to be considered gender dysphoria, which was a mental illness. And it was actually on the psychological spectrum of mental illnesses is now the celebration. Of, are you sure you're not that way too? And that's where we start to say that this becomes normal. And this is when the social contagion mentality happens. And that's what they're doing very successfully. Mm -hmm. So we must combat this and know what those terms mean. We know how we need to be able to prepare our hearts for the conversation and not freak out when our daughter might say, you know what, I'm thinking I might feel like I'm a boy because, you know, this gender confusion is all about feelings, Mike. It's not about facts. That's right. And and those feelings are really, they can change as, uh, as much as the wind changes. I mean, you can feel those kids feel one way one day and then the next day they go, what, what, why was I worried about that? But to put the kind of investment into those initial confusing feelings as what they're talking about. And they're, they're talking about giving drugs. They're talking about surgeries that basically is nothing less than mutilation of their bodies. And our leaders of schools, our leaders in government are seemingly buying into all of that as if it is okay to do that. You know, I think we're writing the scrolls of history right now, and we're going to look back and say, how could we have ever done that to an entire generation? Well, yeah, here's a question I have for you. You know, I, I think back in my lifetime to lots of different administrations, lots of different uh, directions that we've gone in. I think of the change that happened between Carter's presidency and when Reagan came in, there were such dramatic changes. And it's like, when Reagan's plans came in, not only did the hostages get released, but we started seeing interest rates come down. We started seeing a, a, a real love again in America for things of value. I, I don't quite wonder, I wonder if we could ever reverse some of these crazy things. It, it's almost like the, the pendulum has swung. And do you think we've crossed the, in those words, the Rubicon? Do you think we've crossed over such a point where we're not going to return as a culture. What do you think about that? I do. I have seen that pendulum swing and I do concur um, that it, it does come back um, and forth, but this is all God's will. You know, what, what will happen? What will the Lord allow? What, what, what's going to happen here next? Um, but he, one thing for sure, no matter what happens in history, the Lord 
demands and commands us to continue to follow his truth and what is what is right and what is true and to be able to share that with others. Mm-hmm. And that again takes courage. And so we need to be prepared. We need to be vigilant. Although it may seem like only a remnant is left. And when I read studies about the lack of biblical worldview around self-announced Christians, um, the Barner research is downright scary to me. That's almost scarier than what's going on culturally because these are the self-proclaimed Christians that say they're still here and they're still ready to to fight this this moral battle but yet they don't know the bible that's scary only nine percent you know nine percent of self-proclaimed christians really have a biblical worldview so what's going to happen to the kids of those nine percent or the 91 percent moreover if we don't have truth we're going to be easily swayed to the persuasion of the social contagion and the moral revolution. So we have got to steep ourselves in the word of God. We have to be prayerful parents. We have to be well-armed parents. And we need to seek like-minded individuals and organizations that will help us as parents come along. The church has got to get part of this. When you think about 91% not even having a biblical worldview, many of those are leaders of churches too. That's right. And it's so sad. It seems impossible to think that that could ever be the case. But sadly, it is the case. My guest today is Patty Garibay from American Heritage Girls. We'll be back with Patty for one more segment in just a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike. Palm Beach Atlantic University, Orlando offers three distinct areas of study. An evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, an evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services, and our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. All of our courses are offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO. On the line with me today is Patty Garibay. Patty is the founder of American Heritage Girls, something that she started back in the early 90s as a result of what she saw happening in the Girl Scout organization. And we know that it wasn't just the Girl Scouts that all this was changing in. It turns out that both the Girl Scouts and the Boy Scouts were changing into a rather different type of organization altogether. And uh, as we've been talking about what was up now became down and vice versa. And so, you know, there's uh we were talking in the last segment, Patty, about parents and uh, even their, their role in helping their kids walk through and mitigate these troubled waters. There was a, 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 a time that a friend of mine made a statement. I've never forgotten it. And he said this, things that parents teach their kids, things for which their parents, the parents had no passion for or uh, or contained in their heart, things for which they lacked passion, those things in their children will become optional. And mm-hmm. I, I thought that was powerful when I heard that in the 80s. And I think it's become more true today than ever before. If our parents lack passion about the word of God, our kids today are going to look at that as being optional. They're going to say, well, it wasn't important enough for mom and dad to read the Bible in front of them or to to make a difference in their life. I I don't need it in mine. So that is a true statement, isn't it? Oh, I like that statement. And I would almost tend to go a little further with what all's gone on with social media, et cetera, et cetera. It could be the word obsolete. 
of yeah. in that it's it's not even a blip on the radar if it was optional to parents or it seemed optional because it wasn't forefront then why should it even be part of my gig because i've got so much other stuff going on and the noise is loud out there there's so much attacking the kids there's so much noise there's there you know there's but yet we're at this critical point never before have kids been more lonely Mm-hmm. than they have in this day and age, and they are more connected, quote-unquote, than ever. Right, but they're connected in a virtual way, which yes. which in itself becomes very dangerous because no one else, though, a parent, a friend, cannot even necessarily have the opportunity to give input to something that that kid's going through. They're never going to know because they are alone. And even though, like you said, they may have 700 to 2,000 friends on Facebook, or they wouldn't have it on Facebook, they'd have it on TikTok or Instagram or whatever, that does not mean real friendship. That does not mean people that will speak truth into their life. And sadly, they've got people telling them that the truth that they might have stood on before is not really truth. And that's that's the sad thing. And they, they, they say it's changing. And, you know, the creator does not change. His yeah. creation may. And that's because of the free will that we have, right, and the sin that we're able to, to have. But here's the thing. The loneliness factor has, has created this suicide epidemic that we're also experiencing in young people. And so when we ask girls about American Heritage Girls, we are always surveying our members to be a better ministry, one that is um, really helping these girls navigate today's world and also their families. And the number one thing that they love about American Heritage Girls every time, and this has been going on since. 27 years every year we we survey them and it's friends so if your girl is not finding a place to make real friends friends that are like-minded that share the values that you as a parent have openly not optionally openly embraced and show every day then you've got a problem and you need to find a place for your daughter to make friends because there is very quickly, even as early as the age of nine, where the girls are no longer going to be looking at you as their best friend, but rather Mm -hmm. their peers as their best friend. So again, another proactive thing we've got to do. And it's so easy for us, especially in the homeschool movements, which is very large, as you know, and I very much respect the movement of homeschooling, that it can't just be the family unit all the time because when they get out to the real world, they're going to need to be able to relate to others. And so help them pick friends now, help them to navigate relationships now, help to squash that loneliness epidemic and stop this suicide rate from ever climbing because of it. You know, there's something that I want to talk about in the balance of our time, and that is this whole thing of masculinity and femininity. Now, this term, I I can't believe it. First time I heard it, I thought, what in the world are they talking about? Toxic masculinity. And, And to bring up a term toxic, when you talk about one's masculinity, it seemed like, why are they even marrying those two terms together? But there is now, you know, the 70s was all about feminism and I am woman, Helen Reddy, standing up and singing that. But today's mantra needs to say, I am, I am neither, or I am something in between, or uh, there is, there is a fluidity. I mean, what in the world is going on with this whole difference? And why is it important that young boys are masculine and young girls are feminine? Well, I'll tell you, this sexual identity issue is absolutely 
one of the adversary's chief attacks because it is an attack on the very creation of God himself. Mm -hmm. And when we attack the sexual nature of individuals, their gender, their, their um, biological sex, and using this non-binary sexual identity, which basically equates, you know, male and female is the same, which we know they are not. Um, it, it adds to confusion. It also filters down the uniqueness of each person. And that is depressing in itself. You talk, we, We're just talking about suicide rates and loneliness. If you're nothing special or unique, I mean, I remember my mom says, you know, God makes no mistakes. He made you unique. And now we're saying that God does make mistakes and that maybe you were born in the wrong body. Imagine the, oh, gosh, well, yeah. that's just devastating to hear for me anyway, as, as a young person who's so confused anyway. I, I need to know that, that God cares about me, that he made me unique and that I'm special. I need to know that as a woman, femininity doesn't mean frills and eating cupcakes and like, like to go shopping. It can mean loving to ride horses and fix cars. Let's not put ourselves in these boxes. I thought for so many years, Mike, in the 70s, we were breaking these boxes out and crashing these labels. Now we're still Sticking labels on every single person that we walk down the road. That's right. That's right. It's crazy. You yeah. know, we just a couple of years ago we had this whole thing about not uh, not judging people just by what you saw them do or or typing them, and now it it, uh, it seems like no one trusts anything anymore and is suspicious of everyone. That and we got to wear our stuff. You know, we're, I got to wear rainbow earrings to show that I, you know, yeah. it, it's like, really, we don't need to be labeled. We're supposed to all be one blood. And that is the way the Lord created us. We are one blood. Let's yeah. move on. Yeah. Let's move on. I uh, I love it when uh, I talk to people and, and they they see through all of this stuff. But that that kind of conversation is uh, is not as common as it should be, because so many people are still listening. So many people are are trusting institutions like the schools boards and uh, the school systems. And and really, we need to be just having this kind of discussion with our kids, with our neighbors and rejecting what I believe is being taught us. We're being asked to believe some crazy things in this culture. We really, really are. And, you know, I think it's really important, again, you know, to have organizations, ministries like American Heritage Girls that are going to help to bring girls into a knowledge of be becoming a Christ-following servant leader who is honoring, who is anchored in Christ, who's competent, and who really is a woman of integrity, who embraces her biblical femininity with an understanding that God made her unique to glorify him and that her role in life is to do just that. Wow. And that's a beautiful thing. When you see the fruits of this labor, the alumna of this organization, the families that have experienced what this means to them and how important it was to raise up their daughters in the way they should go with life affirming women and men that came alongside them other than their parents that were like-minded churches that said, I care about girls and boys. There's Trail Life USA that I care enough to have a youth program in our church that is going to embrace 
all that is scripturally sound, all that is truth, and then have fun along the way. Because this isn't just Sunday school. American Heritage Girls is not just Sunday school at all. It is doing life together. Mm -hmm. It is serving together. It is leading together. It is doing projects together. It is learning about life skills together. And it's doing it with friends and also being able to grow up to be that competent person that is humble enough to serve the Lord in all that she does. That's what we're trying to achieve in American Heritage Girls. Now, 27 years ago, you started this thing. And the reason you started it was you saw the what was happening in the culture. That 27-year mark uh, it was a lot uh, tamer now when we look back at it, right? I mean, what's going on today? <laughs> this is a lot different than it was 27 years ago. Yet you were so motivated then that you launched out in this biblically based and biblically protecting our kids kind of a plan 27 years ago. Imagine that. Exactly. And you know what the big the big concern back then was the outcome based education, if you remember that. And and I was concerned about that. And then my ears were just perked all the other things that were happening um, within this uh, crazy culture that was happening. And today, I believe it's an Esther moment. We're here for this reason to be here to help parents and we hope that we can serve them. Visit AmericanHeritageGirls.org to learn more. Now, that's exactly right. I wanted you to give that website out because when we have parents listening, when we have grandparents listening, maybe we have teachers listening right now and they're wanting to know, well, I didn't realize there was such a great alternative for my girls. This is it. American Heritage Girls. Give us that website one more time. AmericanHeritageGirls.org. Wow, that's great. Patty Garibay, it's always a delight to talk with you. I do believe you have your finger on the pulse as to what's happening right now in our in our culture, with our society, with uh, young ladies and what they're facing with this whole thing. And something we didn't even talk about was the bullying factor. Bullies are out there everywhere. And those two are online and without any of uh, our girls or young men uh, having any help, it, it just hits them in hard ways. So I wish you and your organization the very best in 2023 and look forward to having you back on the program to discuss some of the other things that are going on in the days ahead. Thank you, Mike. It'll be a pleasure. God bless you. And have fun on your uh, trip to the Keys coming up uh, soon. We will. Thank you so much. All right. Happy New Year. And to you. And friends, thank you for joining us as well here on Afternoons with Mike on the Shepherd Radio Network.